Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Christmas Movie Countdown. I am here with Emma, as always, and a special guest today, Greg, from The Greg Show. Yes, yes. (laughs) And today is December 19th. We are on our 19th movie, guys. That means you guys have five days left, maybe six, depending on when you open presents and stuff, to get your shopping done. Figure it the fuck out. Y'all are <laughs> y'all are running out of time, okay? <laughs> Babe, are we doing Christmas gifts? <laughs> <laughs> yep, there, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Before today, uh, we watched the 2016 movie Almost Christmas. This movie is about a family that has lost the mom. And they are all all the adult children are coming back to celebrate Christmas with the dad. And they're all struggling in their own ways to deal with the loss of their mom and to deal with just life in general. It's uh, very similar to me. It was very similar to this Christmas and like four or five other Christmas movies that all kind of have the same plot where just none of the adults fucking get along at all. But they come back together because the parents want them to and they have to kind of force their way into pretend happiness around each other a couple of weeks ago we watched happiest season which was very similar with uh Kristen stewart and her girlfriend's crazy ass family and they were all pretending to be like happy and fun except they all hated each other and all had their own internal struggles happening it's a very common theme in holiday movies that just 20 and 30 something people hate each other But they fake it until they make it with their parents so that their parents can have a happy holiday, which is sad and weird. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't do that. (laughs) Like, if you don't get along with your family, maybe just don't go hang out with your family for the holidays. Or just watch one of these movies together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So this movie has the most stacked cast, uh, as a lot of giant family holiday films do. We have Danny Glover as the patriarch of the family, Walter. He is a, a, mecha- a retired mechanic and is seriously struggling with the death of his wife, as any one person would, because they were married for forever. Let's see. Kimberly Elise, that is Cheryl Myers. She's the oldest daughter. Uh, oh. Romany Malco. He plays Christian Myers. He's the older, the oldest son. We've got Gabrielle Union. She's the youngest daughter, Rachel. Woo-hoo. And Jesse Usher, who plays Evan Myers, who's the youngest accident kid. He was significantly younger than all the other kids. Um, and he's definitely the baby of the family. Other side characters, we've got um, Monique playing the character of Aunt May. She was the mom's The mom's name is Grace. She was Grace's sister, and she's coming to celebrate the holidays to kind of help everyone get through it. And we've got J.B. Smooth playing Lonnie McClay. He is Cheryl's husband, and he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Omar Epps playing Malachi, which is their, like, next-door neighbor. We've got Carrie Hilson playing uh, Jasmine, who is kind of a hoe, and just... (laughs) That's not fair. You're right. I Unbeknownst. Un- yeah, uh, fair. Unbeknownst to her, she was a hoe. But yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a special appearance by Gladys Knight. She plays uh, Dorothy, the shelter director. She has like the very small role. I I expected her role to get bigger, but it didn't. Yeah. But we'll talk about what- that when we get there, I guess. All right. So like I said, this story takes place at Christmas, of course, and it's all of the adult children coming back to celebrate Christmas in their childhood home uh, with Walter. Now, all of the kids are going through their own thing. We get a little snippet at the beginning of the movie as they're heading towards the house of what is going on in their lives. So we learned that Rachel or Gabrielle Union, she is going, putting herself through law school. She's got a kid and she is struggling to make ends meet she's like broke as fuck because fucking law school is expensive and 
she recently got divorced at some point in the past in the la- in the recent past she got divorced cuz it seems to be a point of contention with her uh sister yeah now her sister Cheryl has um just like a really weird dynamic with her husband Lonnie who is a super douche Lonnie is like he tried to make it in the NBA or as a basketball player but wasn't good enough for the NBA really he like played a season for the Supersonics and then like left and played in Lithuania for like years Croatia Croatia that's what it was (laughs) (laughs) and then like he just is stuck in that moment like you know how like the jocks from high school always like to relive that like Oh, I was remember in high school, we were so good. We went to the state championships and all this bullshit. He's definitely that. And he's he's like like, a black Uncle Rico. Yes, yes, exactly. And he's never done anything past that. So there's definitely some tension um, throughout the rest of the family because everyone's tired of hearing about Lonnie's shit because he's a grown out. He's like in his 40s, like go get a job, bro. Um, But Cheryl is definitely supporting him because she's a fucking dentist and can't afford to support them both. So the rest of the family is kind of like, oh, Cheryl, like you could do better. Why are you wasting your time with this garbage? Right now? Uh, what is his name? Christian Romani Malco's character. He is running for Congress. So he is in the middle of a campaign and his wife is upset at him because he keeps He's focusing way too much on the campaign and not enough on his family. So they have this plan to go spend five days, you know, with his family, but he fucking invited his campaign manager to also spend five days with him and his family and keep working on the campaign instead of being on vacation. Yikes. So there's the tension in that family. The youngest kid, Evan Myers, he is a football star. He has been into football since forever all the little pic- the pictures we see of him growing up is all him in a jersey and he is now at college and preparing his team is preparing to go to a bowl game and he just got cleared by his school's uh, physical therapist i guess mm-hmm. to play in the bowl game he had like fucked up his shoulder and was on pain pills and he just got the okay to stop taking the pain pills and participate in the bowl game so now he's a potential draft prospect for the NFL. We find out on the drive home that he is addicted to pain pills. And this is a fucking problem. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't get addicted to pain pills. If you have to take pain pills for whatever, try really hard not to get addicted. Try to take the least amount that you possibly can. <laughs> as, as not often as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your pain, a, your pain should be at like a 15 for you to need to take fucking mm-hmm. pain pills. Just like, don't get addicted. It's bad news. That's the truth. So cut to the house. Uh, Walter is there. He's been thinking about and trying to replicate this sweet potato pie that Grace has become known for, essentially. Her cooking is a main focus of this movie she has been creating a like tin full of family recipes that her their entire marriage and this tin has gone missing the dad can't find it anywhere so he cannot perfectly replicate this sweet potato pie but he's trying he's pulling recipes uh from all over the place online and trying to figure out the perfect sweet potato pie just like his wife would make Um, And he has like 15 unsuccessful attempts in this movie. Oh boy, howdy. Yep. Uh, The first family member to arrive is Aunt May. And this is again, played by Monique. So she's fucking hilarious. And she comes in, condoles Walter uh, or consoles Walter and then offers to cook. She's like, I'll, I'll make food for when the kids come um, so that you don't have to worry about it. You can just hang out with your family. 
And then she goes into the kitchen and she we don't see her for a while. Then the rest of the family starts popping up and we find out all these different things about like, oh, Christian brought his fucking advisor person and Rachel had to take a cab here because her car broke down and like all this other things. So immediately, like as soon as the big kids start getting there, Rachel and Cheryl start fighting for no goddamn reason. They're just bitches to each other. Like adult sisters would be, I guess. I don't know. I don't have any sisters. Like (laughs) Cheryl just jabs at Rachel for like all the things in her life. Yeah. Yeah. Within like two minutes. It's not even an extended, like, guess what? We're building up to this argument. Yeah. Cheryl is a super bitch in this, this opening scene. She's just like, Oh, just like how you got divorced and just how like law school isn't working Mm -hmm. out so well. And just how like, you don't have any money. And like, shut the fuck up. Awful. Awful. Yeah, so the dad is attempting to play referee, trying to get them not to be like bitches to each other. And everyone shows up. Evan is, of course, the last person because he just came from college. He's, who knows how far he's traveling. And he rolls up and everyone's just angry at each other. And he's like, guys, it's been like five minutes. How the fuck are y'all fighting already? Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> and Walter is just he doesn't know what to do. He wants this to be the perfect Christmas, um, as perfect as it can be, because he feels that, you know, there's a constant void at the loss of his wife and he's trying to make it good for both his kids and his grandkids so that they don't feel this horrible emptiness that he's feeling. So it starts five days before Christmas and there's a countdown happening throughout the movie. The fifth day of Christmas is when, or the fifth day before Christmas is when everybody shows up and they automatically start fighting. The fourth day of Christmas is when uh, Lonnie has to go to the store to pick up some stuff for Cheryl because they're all attempting to recreate these recipes that they don't have recipes for. They're all trying to do it from memory. So Cheryl sends Lonnie to the store to get all this stuff for macaroni and cheese and for the different bread pudding. Yeah, and bread pudding. And when he's at the store... He meets Carrie Hilson's character, Jasmine, and Jasmine ends up being uh, like a Lonnie super fan. Um, like her dad was a super is a Supersonics like mega fan. And so she became a Supersonics mega fan and she remembers his like nickname and all his things. And she's like being super flirty with him. And it's really weird, like mm-hmm. gross. Uh, but Lonnie's just like, okay, like, cool. And he leaves. Um, that same day, I think, is the day where Christian is, he takes his kids to go see Santa in like the town square. And he doesn't give a fuck about the kids. He's like, you guys go <laughs> see Santa. And he just spends the whole time like chatting with the news and talking up his campaign with whoever will listen. It's trash (laughs) he's trash and rachel has been super i don't need a man i can do this all by myself this whole movie and her next door neighbor um what is his name malachi Mm -hmm. has been i wouldn't say flirting with her but trying to talk to her like they used to be friends in high school and he's like trying to make conversation and you know, trying, he wants to, you know, he asks if they can go work out together or whatever, because she also runs in the morning and he's trying to be friends with her and she's just shutting him down at every turn. She's like, no, bro, go away. I don't need you. (laughs) Meanwhile, all the kids, uh, there's a, like a teenager, her daughter is a teenager. And then the other two kids are probably like 10 and I don't know, seven or eight. The little girl's like seven or eight. They're she all stuffed animal everywhere with her. She's somewhere around first grade. Yeah. And all the the two bigger kids are constantly on their phone. They're like recording things that are happening. Like when shit gets wild with their family. <laughs> <laughs> or when someone starts a fight, they literally pulled out their phone and said, world star. And like did a whole thing. The kids <laughs> are wild. <laughs> that was fucking great. It was funny. So the next day happens. Um. Lonnie has to go back to the store. He ends up 
flirting with Jasmine again. And she invites him into the back and they presumably fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and more fighting and all sorts of, you know, more complex family fighting things happen. Um, Evan ends up going out with a friend of his for lunch and telling his friend, Hey, do you still have your contact? Does your guy st- can he, your guy get me these pills? Can he, I forgot to get a refill before I left. Get me some more pills. So here is where we really see Evan's drug problem. Um, it really starts to prevail here. We see Walter um, kind of struggling before bed, reading over a document. And we find out, the audience finds out that he is planning to sell the house. Um, anyone who's gone through this with a grandparent or even a parent who has passed away, um, this is a pretty common thing. The other spouse, like, re- you know, when once they're empty nesters, when it's just one person in the house, they don't really want to keep a big ass house, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter about like what the kids want or the family wants. It's like, Oh, I'm just me. You guys are only here like two days a year. So <laughs> like, I don't need yeah. this big ass fucking house. So Danny Glover is struggling with this and he's trying to figure out how to tell the family basically. Um, but he's hiding it from them until after Christmas. Cause he doesn't want to bring it up. Yeah. Um, the next day goes by and they have a football game. Well, even before this, though, at the supermarket, Rachel goes to the supermarket and. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. They're texting. So. So Rachel and Cheryl have been trying to do like they're each trying to do a dish for dinner and um, they fuck each other's dishes up on accident Mm -hmm. because they're idiots and Rachel has to go to the store to get all the ingredients again for her same dish. So she goes to the store. She's in the checkout line. And the girl at the checkout counter, her phone is just blowing up. Like every two seconds, she's getting a fucking text. And she's like, oh, man, you must be really popular. And the girl starts kind of going into talking about her boyfriend and how he just invited her to stay in Chicago for a week and um blah 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 and she doesn't get to spend christmas with him because he's taking care of his grandma um his grandma cheryl his grandma cheryl and all these things and she's like oh uh she you know they recognize each other they went to school together and she's like oh well you know i'm so sorry to hear that and she's like oh yeah do you want to see a picture of him and (laughs) and jasmine shows rachel a picture and it happens to be her with lonnie so rachel who is fucking mad at cheryl is like oh i know exactly what i'm gonna do i'm gonna invite jasmine to christmas dinner (laughs) and just fuck this whole situation up because grandma cheryl is actually his wife cheryl and it's a fucking mess so she gets all the groceries, takes them home, and then they go and they have a family football game. And this football game quickly turned, excuse me, from like a tag touch game to a brutal fucking football game because yep. everyone's like hatred of each other <laughs> is piling up to the surface. Uh, Rachel and Cheryl are playing mean to each other and lonnie who is just way too in he gets way too into sports and stuff when he plays clearly Mm -hmm. because he won't fucking shut up about his basketball career from 20 years ago um kind of tackles evan and like lays him out and evan is literally trying to like he's about to go to the nfl so like this was meant to be a friendly game and the whole rest of the family is like lonnie what the fuck dude this is his career how dare you So everyone kind of blows up and Rachel blows up on Lonnie the most. Like how the, why the fuck would you do that? You could have hurt him and he's, you know, he's going to go on to the NFL. What the fuck? And Cheryl, who is always there to defend her husband, Lonnie, 
gets Look. all up in Rachel's face and says some horrible shitty shit to Rachel. Boy, does she in like Ow. two seconds talking about how her mm. man left and she can't afford fucking college and blah 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 like super fucked up so rachel leaves clearly like mad as fuck evan leaves because he's hurt uh or not really hurt but just is upset everyone disperses and the dad just like okay like let's go get some fucking dinner it's fine so a tense dinner out they after a tense dinner out they go back to the house and this is the night before Christmas. Evan finds, like, he goes to give a present to his dad, like mm-hmm. an early Christmas present. And he walks into his dad's room, but his dad's not there. And he's kind of looking around at all the photos of his mom and getting all in his feelings. And then he sees the papers that say his, you know, that has his dad's name on it. We're going to sell the house. And Evan's just like, what the fuck? So he gets hella mad and is like, okay, well, shit's going to go sideways real quick. Um, Rachel and Cheryl are in the kitchen and they are trying to figure out their recipes and they're digging through the shelves because they have to remake all of their shit. And they stumble upon the tin that has the recipes in it. And they start going through it together and immediately their bond, all of the shit that has gone on for the past five days is like gone between them it's fixed like finding this recipe box has repaired all of the damage that's been done yeah um we find out this same night that um christian his this big backer for his campaign um, we'll only back him if he agrees to this like demolition of downtown basically they're gonna redo all of downtown yeah. and it's gonna destroy the shelter that is super important to his family and all these different things and they're gonna um just to repair downtown they're gonna make a bunch of different buildings and things and christian is like i can't agree to this do not just tell him we will talk about it after the holidays, after Christmas. I can't make any promises right now. And that same morning, the news drops official, like in a newspaper that Christian has agreed to this. Somehow, some way, someone was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to tell everyone. So Walter is super upset at Christian because of this, because the homeless shelter is actually where his mom lived for a long time before she met their dad yeah and every year since they've been able to they have been helping out at the shelter for holidays and all throughout the year because that shelter is very important to their family so walter is fucking pissed at christian and christian is fucking pissed at his campaign manager so he on Christmas Eve, he goes to a dinner with his campaign manager, the wealthy donor, and his wealthy donor's like assistant or whatever, and they're yeah. chatting. And in the middle of this, Christian has this realization from the conversation with his dad, like, I can't do this to my family. I can't do this. I don't want your money. I'm out. Like, I I cannot back this idea of dim like demolishing downtown it's just not my job not not where i'm going to go and his campaign manager is like but dude congress all these things like i don't give a fuck like we're not doing it so christmas eve comes and goes and it's christmas morning and they are sitting down for christmas lunch dinner i don't know it's still bright outside so lunch (laughs) Rachel that morning realizes, oh shit, I cannot have, what the fuck is her name? Jasmine. Jasmine. I can't have Jasmine come. Like I, we've, I've made up with Rachel or with Cheryl. I can't have her come. I'm going to call her. She doesn't answer her phone. So she leaves a message. She's like, Hey, I invited you, um, that I was out of line. That wasn't my place. Please avoid coming. Like, don't it's, it was a mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you have a good Christmas. So we get to Christmas day, they're having 
their beautiful uh, lunch and everyone is trying to enjoy it. And then Evan comes in and sits down and he's just grumpy and being really bitchy to the dad and just really bitchy overall. And Evan eventually spills the beans. He's like, yeah, dad, fucking tell him you're going to sell the house. And then, of course, the whole family uproar like, dad, you can't sell the house. This is the house. This is the house. And the dad blows up. He's like, this is my fucking house. Like, y'all don't live here. (laughs) Amen, Danny Glover. A fucking men. (laughs) Y'all kids don't live here. (laughs) Y'all ain't the one up keeping this house. Um, But Evan gets so upset because he's the baby. He's only like 20. Um, it's the only house he's ever known. He gets really fucking upset and he storms out and leaves. He gets in his Range Rover and drives away. And when he drives away, he's like speeding and he's taking pills and just acting wild. So we know something bad is going to happen there because you should not do fucking intense medication and then drive. It's just bad news. So the rest of the family is trying to kind of talk things out with the dad and then there's a doorbell, a doorbell. <laughs> and one of the kids goes and answers it and it's Jasmine. And this is when, the best fucking scene ever. Yeah. For like the next 10 minutes. Yeah. So Lonnie realizes it's Jasmine and goes he pretends that he's choking and runs and hides in the kitchen. And then Rachel says she's got to go get like some shit in the kitchen because there's a new person here. So she goes and hides in the kitchen and her and Lonnie kind of like have it out. Like, what? why would you invite her here? Well, why did you fuck her? Like, it was a whole fight. And then Cheryl comes in to the kitchen and is like, hey, we need to go. Like, we have a new guest here. It's time to go eat. So (laughs) then they start eating and Lonnie's trying to hide behind his wife who is sitting between him and Jasmine so that Jasmine can't see that it's him. (laughs) And Rachel is trying to avoid any conversation that would lead to Lonnie and, and um, Jasmine noticing each other or Jasmine noticing Lonnie. But Cheryl is kind of like really curious about what the fuck the deal is. So she starts asking Jasmine questions. Oh, like, what's going on you know how come you're not with your family blah 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 blah. how do you know rachel and she explains everything like rachel i went to high school i have a boyfriend but he is taking care of his grandma and blah 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 blah. and then she like looks over and notices that it's lonnie and (laughs) that lonnie's there and she proceeds to spill the beans to everyone about how Lonnie is her boyfriend and all these things. So everyone's like, what the fuck? And they send the kids out to the basement. Like, no, you're done. You could go sit down in the, and in the basement and finish your food. So the girl like sets up a Skype message and leaves her iPhone on the table. And they open up the kids, the other kids Skype so they can watch all the drama happen. These kids are inventive <laughs> as fuck. It's hilarious. So shit hits the fan, of course. Lonnie gets busted and it's just a whole thing. So Cheryl stops being friends with Jasmine, like, or not with Jasmine. Cheryl stops being friends with Rachel. They were like, we're with each other for a minute. Everything is a clusterfuck now. Nobody likes each other. And Rachel goes outside. She's just like stressed the fuck out. And she goes outside and she sees Malachi. And her and Malachi start talking and he invited some other girl to prom instead of taking her. And she really wanted to go with him to prom. So there's like this 20 year long lost love situation between them um, that he ends up fixing at the end of the movie by showing up with like roses and a limo and a tux like, hey, go to prom with me. It was really fucking cute. Yeah, it was. But she kind of talks through everything and her daughter gives her words of advice and Cheryl gives her words of advice. Like you always shut everybody out. Like you can do this all by yourself. That's not your, like you need to let someone in. It's okay. So her and Malachi get together. And at the same time that all this is happening, uh, they get a call from the hospital. Evan has been in an accident. Surprise, surprise. Don't do fucking pain pills while you drive. Yup. 
Um, so everyone goes to the hospital and they're trying to figure out what's going on. He was in a minor accident. He wasn't really hurt. So it doesn't hurt his prospects for playing in a bowl game or for the NFL draft. Um, but they, now the whole family is aware of the problem. Um, at the hospital, Cheryl and Rachel talk it out and Rachel apologizes. Like, I'm so sorry. Even if I was mad at you, I didn't have any right to invite her or to blow up your marriage like this. And Cheryl's like, no, actually I should be thanking you. Lonnie's had a wandering eye for ages. Um, and he sucks. So I'm glad. Thanks. And they make up, um, Christian apologizes to his dad, lets his dad know I'm not doing that. We're going to take care of this shit together. Um, I'm not letting the campaign or anyone tear down downtown. Like we're going to fight for it. And the whole family ends up happy together again. And then they go to the homeless shelter and serve food with Gladys Knight to the less fortunate. And the dad decides he's not going to sell the property because he's had a change of heart now that all his kids get along and he sees how important it is and how the mom is in every nook and cranny of that place. After they serve at the homeless shelter, they get back home. And it's just the dad and Aunt May, and they're kind of talking everything out. And they realize they haven't had a chance to try his newest pie. Now, his granddaughter talked to him about the pie a couple nights ago and said, you know, something I noticed is that when you've been making these pies, you haven't been smiling a lot, Papa. Like, Grammy used to smile all the time when she baked. You have to be happy while you bake. So he really took that to heart. And Christmas Eve, he smiled and baked his heart out. And then, so him and Aunt May are sitting by this pie. So hard. Huh? I was crying so hard that entire scene. Yeah. Baking that pie. Oh. Yeah. So him and uh, Aunt May are sitting at the table and they're like, they realize no one's had a chance to try this pie. We got to try it and see how you did. So Aunt May takes a bite and she just gives him like, like a, she almost starts crying face. Like she takes a bite and is almost crying. And then she tells him to take a bite and he takes a bite and he's like, holy shit, I fucking did it. And he calls the whole family <laughs> down. You got to try this pie. Like I finally did it. I figured it out. Uh, so the whole family tries the pie and they all agree that he did it just like the mom would have done it or had done it in years past and the movie ends and everyone's happy the end huzzah almost christmas all right uh emma who was your favorite character in almost christmas i loved naya rachel's daughter yeah um she she was so quiet through the film except for the most important moments and she like she told her mom she's like you don't need to worry about me what are you out here worrying about me for worry about you like it's okay for you to do things that make you happy you don't have to sit here and forfeit any of that and then like telling her grandpa you know it's it's okay like whatever you choose and i don't know all the kids were so sweet but yeah. naya naya really got me on a lot of that and i just i appreciated her character she was very i don't know she was very sure of herself enough to help her whole family (laughs) yeah i really liked there's a couple of scenes where her mom is like giving this uh i'm a woman i don't need no man type speech to malachi (laughs) and i is just in the background like saying it's like mouthing it word for word (laughs) yep hilarious Surprise. hilarious <laughs> yeah all right greg who's your favorite difficult choice because there was a handful of characters i liked i even liked one of the kids that's probably the first time in this podcast history that i enjoyed a kid you're uh, not wrong that is, probably is the first time <laughs> <laughs> literally the first time uh, but i'm going to give it to aunt may yeah uh, it's funny because 
when Aunt May ro- first shows up and rolls up and she gets out of the car and is doing her strip to the uh, to the house, you're thinking, okay, Monique might be this very, very highly bougie character and there might be something that's a little out of her usual realm, but as the movie proceeds, you come to find out, nope, she's still very much Monique, just slightly different changed her character. Um, <laughs> really world-traveled, really well off. A lot of it is world experience, but still very much keeping it real. <laughs> yep. And even though it's very much a familiar Monique as far as how she, you know, carries herself in a lot of her films, it, it's still so very funny the way <laughs> her insults, uh, <laughs> keeping people in check, yep. <laughs> going off on people is just any, it, all of it just was so well done and so funny. Like you don't, you don't feel like, you don't feel like it's a redundancy of her of her characters through past films. At least I didn't yeah. think of it at all. It was just, it was just, she's just hilarious, and she, and it's it's on full display in this in this uh, in this film. So that's her as an actor, and but as the character itself, she is part enforcer, part peacemaker, and taking on the role to be essentially the new matriarch in, 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 in the new backbone of the family in the absence of her sister. Yeah. She does it in her own unique, aggressive way and cussing you out, but she, <laughs> she, she loves and she loves hard and she's there to keep things together. kind of reminds me of how when my grandmother died, my aunt, who is the eldest sister of the siblings. My mom has five other siblings. My mom is the actual, the youngest of all of them. And the oldest uh, of the siblings, my aunt, I could tell ever since then, she's always taken it upon herself to really try to be the motherly role and keep things together and keep the family together and bonded and just still seeing one another because we can be kind of iffy when it comes to seeing one another and getting having get-togethers and whatnot so yeah really enjoyed Aunt May's character her her whole thing with Eric Evan's friend that shit cracked me up so hard I'm a grown-ass woman baby <laughs> I like <laughs> it right <laughs> I'm about to stab you with this fork I, I think. like yeah I would like that <laughs> started hitting on her and she was like honey I got vibrators older than him <laughs> <laughs> lost it right so many great lines from her oh man uh yeah aunt may was my favorite character too um yeah. monique just brought the hilarity i loved it every minute of it was just fucking funny she was yep. so good i loved the insults greg mentioned the insults i loved all of the insults um that she was using to keep the kids in check because Every time the kids started fighting, she would just like get in the middle and be like, y'all just shut the fuck up, <laughs> basically. And I <laughs> loved every minute of it. She was definitely that like no nonsense person in the family. And right. He was my favorite. When she was like, y'all don't beat your kids. If you beat your kids, this wouldn't happen. See, they out here disrespecting. You just, just smack your kids. <laughs> I, I was done. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about least favorite character, Emma? Lonnie. He was such a slimy piece of fucking shit. The first second he walked in that door and everybody was like, hi, Lonnie. I was like, ooh, mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm, nope. And it was honestly honorable mention to the campaign manager because, but (sighs) Lonnie, 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 Lonnie. That ain't it. That ain't it. He was absolute poop. I I don't know appropriate words to put it into. He was just so skeevy. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Greg? Probably to go with the same too. But for me, it wasn't so much... Well, obviously, Lonnie, the character, was, you know, you know, cheaters are terrible obviously Mm -hmm. but for me the role in itself jb smooth wasn't really funny to me for most of this film i know 
Like it just it was not a funny performance. Therefore, the character was not good for me. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until Carrie Hilson shows up that he actually gets to be funny because of his his struggles to to keep the big reveal from coming out. Yeah. His, yeah. Uh, his whole uh mirroring his wife's head movements forward and backwards at the dinner table. <laughs> now I'm endearing him. Uh-oh. Right. Now, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just wasn't, he just wasn't all that funny for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. So that coupled with the fact that, you know, cheating character, cheating on his wife. There you go. And then of course the campaign manager, Bro. I, I was off of him immediately. The moment he said, well, we were all raised by a black woman, weren't we? Oh God! Right, yep. that was the moment that sealed that sealed that for me. When he's like, "Who wasn't raised by a black woman?" I know I was, and I was like, "Yeah." There, there are some there are some racial comments that aren't don't even anger you. There are some that either are extremely cringy or just make you laugh at the ridiculousness of it. That one was one of those like cringy racist statements. Yup. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. Katie, how about you? Um, well, <laughs> I had originally written Lonnie because he sucks, but <laughs> everyone knows that he sucks already. Um, and the campaign manager was also trash. Um, just he was gross, a horrible person from the the get-go. Yeah. But for just for the sake of changing it up and having another person on the chopping block, I'm going to go with uh, 95% of this movie, Cheryl. Yes. Because Cheryl was a bitch for no reason. Like, yeah. I would understand Cheryl, like, being a dick if in the past, if there was some sort of mention to the past where Rachel, like, I don't know, stole her boyfriend or made her look a fool in front of somebody or crashed her car. Yeah, crashed her car. Did something ridiculous. You know, yeah. sisters just do weird shit to each other. Like, if there was some sort of that, but there was just like, no, she's my little sister and wow. I fucking hate her. So I'm going to take every chance I get to just throw jabs at her about how her marriage failed and law school sucks and she's raising a daughter alone and she doesn't have any money and i'm gonna be a bitch about it for most of this movie yeah <laughs> and is and even in the end when she kind of knew or towards the end even though she knew lonnie had been cheating like we we find out at the end that she knew lonnie had a wandering eye for however long she still felt the need to defend him during that fucking football game and talk shit on Rachel. For yeah. what? Rachel was just protecting both of y'all's brother. Yeah. So Cheryl was a super bitch in this movie to me. I, that is I correct. Just, I couldn't. All right. Seven word synopsis. We're going to start with Greg. You got one? I do. Yeah. Why is it, why is it start with me? Because I don't have alliteration. So uh, right. Because Emma always goes last because she's got like 75 of them. Absolutely, absolutely necessary. Um, dysfunctional family holiday film. Cliche, but effective. Yep. I struggled to put a positive spin on this because every time I wrote it out, I'm like, oh, that makes it sound like I'm complaining about it. I enjoyed this way more than I thought. I thought this was going to be kind of pedestrian, but I would absolutely go back to this. And Yeah, it's I like this movie that, a lot. It's a formula that's it's is is age old it's an age old formula that we've seen time and time again that we've seen earlier this month but it's yeah. effect, but if you put enough of a unique twist to it you got the right cast members it works yeah i have a feeling in a few years we're gonna get a lot of this same concept like families coming together for the holidays um and then it's just gonna be a lot of like political and racial bullshit and family oh, like young people just fucking leaving their families yeah it's gonna be like a post pandemic post yeah nasty yeah yeah there's gonna be i feel like there's gonna be a lot of that i feel like right now as it stands right now we get we get a lot of films like this and happiest season where people it's people going home and their family dynamic is weird 
-hmm. And it's like, how can the family come together out of this weirdness? How can they fix it? And I'm, I have a feeling in a couple of years, we're going to get just an onslaught of Christmas movies of people who go home for Christmas. And then there's this huge political garbage, you know, that they're dealing with within their family. Um, And people just don't, they just fucking leave. (laughs) I hope it's somehow cleverly written and funny instead of just taking itself way too seriously. Yeah. That is I'm hoping it just ends up being a lot of like friendsgiving situations or friends miss. Yeah. Like you know, the family you choose, not the family you're related to. So not enough of those. There aren't. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. I feel like people our age, I don't know if our parents did it. I don't feel like our parents really did it, but I feel like people our age have really adopted that idea of just like you know what my family kind of sucks so we're not dealing with that i just want to be around people who give a shit about me in generations older than us i think it's honestly like people were too afraid of the taboo that it would put on things if you prioritize chosen family over blood family yeah and now people are like but but they're your family yeah but they suck so i'm gonna hang out (laughs) with people i like exactly exactly and i'm glad that we're busting the stigma on that yeah all right mine is family mrs matriarch attempts holiday happiness without yep all right emma okay i only have three that's that's not very many for you i'm shocked i i know i i am also shocked but uh i got wrapped up in the christmasness of it all <laughs> no uh you don't want her to get grandma that entire scene cracked me up so bad you better stop her you don't want her to go get grandma you know i thought i was gonna be her ashes (laughs) right i thought it loved that it was a fucking shotgun oh yeah that was hilarious she shot me nah son she's the best shot in the family if she wanted to hit you she'd have shot you yeah um and then happiness morphs into struggles with heartwarming conclusion. That's that's the best nice spin I could put on it. Um, and then I did not finish my alliterative, so I only had four words. But sorrow steals seasonal smiles. Oh, <laughs> that's how that's how far I got. That's yeah, a sad ending. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I'll finish it. Star-studded siblings squabble. The end. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the truth. Okay. What do you guys think the budget for this film was? It came out in 2016. So not too long ago. Uh, Emma, what you got? Twelve dollar dues. Twelve. All right. Greg, what you think? Remind me. A dollar due means a million, right? So we're talking yes. about a million. Yes. Okay. So this this cast has so many people that I refuse to believe they got paid what they normally get paid. Yeah. This is just too many. Yeah. Too many. But I don't think it was quite that low. But since you lowballed it that much, that enables me to go even a bit lower than I want to. So I'm in <laughs> 13 a million didgeridoos. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, Greg wins by edging out Emma by a million. Uh, it was $17 million. So, you guys Thank were you. close. You Thank guys were you, in the ballpark. I was going to go, tw- go 20 and then you helped me out. Thank you. <laughs> it you is guys are definitely preference. in the ballpark. <laughs> All right. What do you think the box office for this film was? Emma. Okay, since it was a weird... 17 let's go with 42 dollar reduce okay greg hmm <laughs> i'm at 30 didgeridoos <laughs> okay so emma wins for box office Ugh. almost right on the nose it was 42.6 million dollars <laughs> that's badass yep crazy this movie 
did really well. I'm actually surprised they didn't make like a sequel or something because yeah. of how well it made. But you know, sometimes movies are just better all by themselves. Please leave it be. We don't need a sequel for everything. No. Yeah, you're right. It's nice to think in my mind that Evan went on to the draft and took his dad instead of his mom. Yeah. Like about, it's nice in my mind to hold that Rachel and Malachi are a thing. It's yeah. Nice and she's a fancy mind. lawyer now and Cheryl's right. just living her best life. Yeah. It, she helped Cheryl just whoop Lonnie's ass in their divorce. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to hold all that in my mind. And I would really appreciate not a sequel. In my mind, Evan bought the house. Yeah, same. That's what I was thinking. Like, as soon as he goes to the draft, he's buying that house from his dad. Like, (laughs) that's correct. His signing bonus is buying that house. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you guys have anything else to say about Almost Christmas? Not a sequel to this Christmas. (laughs) Yep. That's true. I wonder how many people think that these movies I are related. Absolutely thought. I was like, oh, okay, so it was this Christmas and then this er Christmas and almost Christmas and near Christmas. <laughs> I just thought it was a friend. I, I, I Last thought. Christmas, almost Christmas, before Christmas. Does this Christmas have a sequel though? I don't think so. Okay. If it does, it should be titled That Christmas. This Christmas, that Christmas, the, the other Christmas. <laughs> Christmas this. <laughs> you can Christmas this or you get Christmas that. <laughs> I love that. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh my gosh. I want Christmas that way. <laughs> God. <laughs> like a, a Backstreet Boys reunion special. Hilarious. That? Christmas that away. Christmas that way. Re- oh God. Let's stop. We gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we all enjoyed this movie. You should go check it out. Um, if you have any suggestions for other movies we should watch, you can always hit us up at on Twitter at Allentown Pod. Uh, you can email us at allentownpresents at gmail.com or we have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again tomorrow for another episode. Bye. Sonic's in win the finals in 91. Unrealistic. <laughs> ah.